Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ramkumar of Document360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Mandy Patterson, senior technical writer at Sprout Social. Hi Mandy, welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing brilliant, Mandy. Thank you for asking. So, just help me understand a little bit more about yourself, Mandy. So, how did the whole journey into documentation started, and uh, maybe a little bit more about who you are, basically. Yeah, definitely. So, for me, I think I'm a little bit of an oddball. My uh, experience with technical communication and technical writing actually started in college. Um, I had always loved to. writes um and you know did all the AP English classes in high school and then when I got to Missouri State University um I had one English credit left to take and I took an introduction to technical writing class and I guess you could say that the rest is history from there um that intro class really exposed all the students in it to all the different facets of technical communication and it was something that I just fell in love with so I made that my major. I got my bachelor's degree in technical communication and then um kind of was like, you know what? This this isn't enough. I want a little bit more. So I started to pursue my master's degree in technical communication as well at Missouri State. and during that time as part of my master's program they were like oh you know you need to you need to get an internship and i was like no i did that i did that in undergrad like i'm a master now um <laughs> and they were like no no you you need to have an internship to graduate so i wound up getting an internship at a company called relativity here mm-hmm. in chicago So I was, you know, one of the older interns, but after a few months into the internship, I got a full-time offer. So I joined the documentation team at Relativity and started there. Um finished up my master's degree, wrote my thesis, and just really fell in love with um writing in the SaaS and the tech space. It definitely wasn't originally where i thought i would find myself um my writing for the web classes always kind of intimidated me but once i got into it and saw how much there was to learn and understand i just i've absolutely fell in love with it and i've been a tech writer in the saas space ever since great journey uh, mandy so thank you for sharing that with us so in terms of documentation process uh, how would you define that at uh, sprout social and uh, who do you normally get involved uh, in defining the documentation process sure so at sprout i am the first technical writer that they've had 
So I've really been getting to define what that process looks like and how it works. And we've gone through a few iterations, I would say, in this first year that I've been at Sprout so far. Um, right now, I work very closely with our product marketing team. Um, I work with them to really understand the positioning and the audience for our uh, technical communication. And now I've started working more closely with our product managers as well. So that review process that I have in place for um, writing new help center content, I have our product marketers review from a positioning standpoint to make sure that I've really captured the story and kind of where we're going with our product updates. And I have our product managers review from a technical standpoint to make sure that you know, I got all the steps right, the specs are accurate, um, and that it falls in line with the way that they developed the product. Um, I also sit on a creative team at Sprout. So I do work a little bit with a visual designer. She has helped make some really great graphics and has helped breathe some life into our help center and kind of um, bring it into our current branding. So I've worked with her as well. And then we also have a wonderful guy who is the head of our product education and him and I partner up to make sure that whatever I'm putting in the help center also resonates with the content that he puts in our learning portal. So we kind of partner there. Um, outside of that, that's a lot for our help center process and getting articles and release notes together when we have product releases. But I also work with some of our SEO specialists to update blog posts that center around our product and product functionality, uh, just to make sure that it's up to date, it reflects any changes, and also still has that SEO um, to it as well. Fantastic. So that it looks like a lot of team interacting to, with each other to make things happen. So how do you manage all the, this whole entire documentation workflow? Yeah, so that is... An excellent question. Um, managing it may not be as crazy as it sounds. I know I work with a lot of different teams and there's a lot of cross collaboration that happens, but I am a charts and a software kind of gal. So with uh, being on the creative team, we track our work using Jira. So a lot of the times it's me creating a card or a story in Jira that summarizes what we need from a help center perspective, talking about either release notes article updates, what have you. Um, and then I tag in my product managers and the product marketers that I work with when we get to that review point. It also gets checked to make sure that um, I'm writing from a good brand perspective as well. And then once all of that work gets done on the JIRA side, I have my own little personal spreadsheet that I put together. I call it my Help Center Whips, so works in progress. <laughs> um, and on that sheet, I track um, when were we planning on going live with these updates? Has the update gone live? Uh, any links to relevant documentation or any of the collaborative docs that we use to create the Help Center articles? And then I just kind of mark things off as we get closer to um, release and getting things published. And then it's also a way for me to kind of check myself to make sure that the right audiences has have also been informed that the release notes are up to date, you know, the new articles are published, um, and just making sure that we've also publicized kind of internally and externally those updates. 
Fantastic. Uh, so how can working as part of a creative team improve documentation? Because you mentioned in a couple of uh, areas, working closely with the creativity team and um, while bringing uh, documentation and that's part of your documentation process, right? So mm-hmm. how do you think working as part of creative team would help uh, creating any content or, or your documentation? I think being a part of a creative team really kind of adds another level to being a technical writer. Um, I have sat as part of engineering teams. I've sat as a part of product teams. I've sat on, you know, larger content teams that maybe just focus on documentation and customer education. So this is the first time that I've sat um, really as part of a larger marketing organization, but specifically on a brand creative team. I think what that allows tech writers to do is to really explore their creativity. Um, I know I also in the past have taught introduction to to technical communication online uh, for my alma mater, Missouri State. And one thing that I would always hear from my students was, you know, technical writing is not creative. It's not a creative process. It's boring. It has the word technical in it. How could that even be fun? And I have to admit, when I first started in tech com, I was like, yeah, you know, it's technical. I'm just going to be writing manuals. It's really boring. But when I look back at my process of thinking about user emotion and how that plays into an experience with the help center, thinking about my audience and what kind of setting they might be in when they have to get to the point that they need to access a help center. You know, are they frustrated? Are they angry? Do they just need to wrap their head around a concept? I take that into consideration. I think about the way that the information is going to be presented on the page. How does it look? How is it going to make someone feel? Is this color choice really going to evoke the right emotion that I'm going for? So all of that fits perfectly and I think beautifully into the creative process. When you look at visual designers, copywriters, web designers, they're thinking about all of these same things. And it really kind of lends itself to taking the time to put in a lot of thought, a lot of research, and a lot of care before you just jump to, you know, kind of giving something the run of the mill tech com treatment. So I think it's a great way to be really inspired by other teams and the way that they work from a creative perspective and also hearing the thought and the detail that gets put into how we design our graphics, how we design our illustrations, how we write about our brand from a copywriting perspective. And I can kind of take all of that as part of my own process and really make sure that what I am developing and what I'm putting together fits into being that best experience for my audience based on the story that we're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Super. So I think that's definitely giving us a different uh, perspective, uh, Mandy. Um, So just touch by coming back to your documentation, creating documentation. Um, It looks like there's lots to consider, but according to you, what are the important factors you consider when creating documentation? So that is a great question. And there is so much to consider. But I think if you really had to say, 
you know, I don't have the time to do all of the research. I don't have the time to do all of the things. And that happens. I think that's part of being a tech writer. Um, things happen very quickly in, especially in the staff space. So if you only had to focus on a few things, I would think about the voice and the tone of the documentation that you're writing. Think about the consumer that is going to be reading that documentation and the overall usability of it. Um, we use a jobs to be done framework at Sprout and that influences my content because that helps me to know who I'm writing for. But the same thing can be applied if you use user personas or anything like that. Make sure that you are writing for an actual human being in mind um, and not just a job type. And then think about that user's motivations, the setting that they're in and how they're going to be using those docs. Uh, for me, emotion is a big part of my documentation process. Like I touched on before, I think about the user. Are they upset? Are they angry? Are they frustrated? Are they going to find the answer that they need quickly enough? Um, are they just trying to wrap their head around a concept? My end goal at the end of the day is to make somebody else's life easier. So by orienting myself to where that user is, kind of thinking about the journey that they're on when they get to the point that they need a help center, I try to make sure that I'm also using our brand voice to tell the story and help them and hopefully not only get them the answers that they need, but enhance the experience that they have with our software. Okay, super. Um, so uh, one thing I did not ask you in the beginning is, uh, is your documentation a publicly available one? Like anybody can just use it or is it uh, with a login uh, behind? Uh, we do have public facing documentation. Um, our support mm -hmm. center you can access is just support.sproutsocial.com. Um, there are some features that are behind a user login. So if you're already logged into the Sprout Social software, you can access everything in the help center. Um, but we do have some that's public facing and some that um, is behind a little bit of a making sure that we know who's getting in and seeing the yeah. documentation. I understand. So have you seen any kind of reduction in your workload since introducing a quality documentation like yours? I think right now it's not a huge reduction of workload because I'm the first and I've been with Sprout since February. So there's still some, some technical documentation debt. However, I will say now there is a devoted focus to our technical communication and our help center. So before I joined Sprout, the process was a little spread out where kind of any and all teams would assist in creating resources. Um, but now we have kind of this central responsibility. We have a TechCom style guide that is a part of our larger style guide. And there's just so much more care um, that can be paid to our documentation to really enhance the quality of it. So I think reduction in workload will come in time. But I think now we have resources that are on time in tandem with releases and again, have that devoted focus. Um, so we can really make sure that our tech comm is getting the attention that it deserves. Super. Um, so let's talk about uh, your team. Uh, I think you did mention that you're a first tech uh, writer, but how big is your team? What's your reporting uh, structure like? Who do you report to? Sure. 
So right now, our documentation team is just me. Um, but for me, it's really exciting to be the first tech writer and to really understand Sprout as a business and our current processes to really influence what a team could look like in the future. Um, I do have a great help center committee that formed. Um, I cannot speak highly enough of this group. I work with members on this committee from tech support, product education, success, uh, product ops. And this group meets once a month to share pain points and ideas to really evolve and better our documentation. Um, and I really I count that group as my team. I get to put things into practice that they suggest um, and really kind of take shift that documentation responsibility off of those teams that have a lot of other pressing focuses. Um, so that's been really cool and a lot of fun to collaborate that way. Um, I'm also really supported by my main team, which is our brand creative team um, and our product marketing team. I sit on a product marketing squad. So I work very closely with our product marketing team. They were originally responsible for release notes and our product documentation and how to's and beta guides. So um, it's been great to get to learn from them as well and help support them from more of that technical communication standpoint to kind of um, let them focus more strategically on sharing the right stories about our products. So right now, that's kind of how the team is. I get a lot of support um, across the departments. And then I report to our uh, creative director of brand and story. So she kind of checks all of my work to make sure that I'm you know, encompassing our brand and can write about our brand, not just in a technical writing sense, but also any other types of copy that I work on. Um, so she is my main reporter, but um, also I still get feedback and buy-in from our product marketers, product managers, tech support, and anyone else who has kind of had an influence on any of the documentation that I'm putting together. Fantastic, fantastic. So you did mention that part of your documentation is publicly available and some are behind uh, um, logins or uh, only for people, restricted users. So the ones that are publicly available, are you aware if you're generating any organic search traffic? Um, I think we get a little bit. Um, we use Google Analytics to run metrics and pull data on our uh, help center. I know we get a little bit of um, organic traffic that's coming in, which is really exciting. Um, so I don't have the specific numbers on that, but I do know there is a little bit kind of coming that way through our knowledge base. Yeah, that's fine. We are not looking for any specific uh, integrity details here, Mandy. So that it's just to understand uh, how many of them are uh, using documentation as a source to generate organic search traffic. That's it. Super. So I think, Mandy, it's been a wonderful first half of the session. So anything you would like to add before we move to the rapid fire round? No, this has been great. I so appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me and letting me kind of share my story and seeing, you know, the cool and different ways that everyone in this space is doing tech writing. This is such such an honor to be a part of this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you to you. So let's move on to the rapid fire round. Uh, who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? 
Um, I have to give a huge shout out to my mentor, Tracy Dalton. She was my, um, she's the woman that I took my very first tech comms class with. And she has just played a critical role in my development and my career. She really taught me about the power of documentation, really about knowing your audience and being selective about the things that you write and how you write them. Uh, She taught me how to edit from a technical standpoint and edit well. Um, She was my sounding board when I worked on putting together curriculum for my introductory class that I taught. And she was my advisor and someone that I still meet with and talk to regularly. She's also a dear, dear friend of mine now, um, you know, years later, but I definitely would not be the writer that I am today if it wasn't for her. Fantastic. Thank you, Tracy. Can you share a documentation related resource you have consumed recently? You did mention that you read quite a lot of books and uh, many other um, resources. So just highlight a few that you have recently consumed, please. Yeah, definitely. So I have to recommend Masterclass. Now, I know there's not, maybe one day there will be a devoted technical communication track in Masterclass, but I think a lot of the times tech writers get so stuck on like, I can only consume content from other tech writers. And I think it's important to have a well-rounded sense of technical communication and learning from other sources on communicating and writing in general. Um, The Goodby and Silverstein Masterclass on Creativity and Advertising has been one of my most favorite things to watch. I reference it endlessly and it's just chock full of good tips on how to be a good writer and to think strategically. Um, It's very lighthearted, but it's also incredibly inspirational. So that has been a favorite of mine. I also, um, with the Write the Docs community, I am on their website constantly, and they have some really great archives from um, conferences that they've had in the past. So if you are looking for a talk about something or just need a quick hit of that tech comment inspiration, I cannot recommend the Write the Docs community enough. Fantastic. Uh, you might have already seen there is a session or a podcast with uh, Tom Johnson. Um, he was mm-hmm. our, one of our early uh, guests in this podcast series. So thank you. So Okay, so the last question is, what is the one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Um, The one piece of advice I would give is kind of a two-parter, to keep it creative and to use your voice. I spent a lot of time, I think, very early on in my 20s, my early career, really doubting myself and wondering if I was actually making any sort of impact in the work that I was doing. The answer now that I can see is yes. Um, and that creative process really makes for incredible documentation and really looks at the bigger picture and it's necessary. I think I kind of forgot about the creativity that you can find in technical writing. Um, and using my voice has been imperative to my career, sitting silent and kind of letting decisions or pushback outweigh my research and what I felt strongly about that's not really the best way to go about things and it honestly did not serve me too well so when you know your space and you work at it your opinions and your voice are valid and they should be treated as such thank you I think uh, I've not heard 
such an advice from anybody in the past, but that's a very, very good one, Mandy. So thank you for sharing that um, yeah. little piece of uh, wisdom to us. So I think we are almost to the end of the podcast. Uh, would you like to add any further information to our audience today? Um, I would just say to keep learning, look for other areas out there that are related to technical communication that you can learn from and look to. And always remember that at the end of the day, you are a writer, no matter what you are writing about. There is definitely some of that creative process there. So have fun with it um, and stay inspired. Super. Thank you, Mandy, once again for spending your valuable time with us today and sharing your amazing journey. It's so um, it's so nice to hear how passionate uh, you are about documentation and uh, that little piece of advice you gave uh, the end is, uh, is awesome. So I wish you good luck in your future projects and uh, stay safe and take care. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mandy. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.